Welcome back once again to a Christian and a Buddhist walk into a bar, a, uh, a very seedy bar this episode. My name is Jamal. I am a Buddhist. I'm Jacob. I'm a Christian and I've just discovered that the bar I walked into is not what was advertised. I thought we were high class. It, it's more of a club. Ground. It's more of a club. It, it, this, this episode I is... I can hear the doof doof yeah. music from Kev McLeod in the background. <laughs> a Christian and a Buddhist walk into a, to a rave club. Um... You won't believe what happened next. Well, I mean, it's that kind of article today, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, how are you doing, Jacob? Uh, I'm a little bit tired, actually, as we as we head into our recording session for today. But that's uh, that's okay. That is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, fair yeah. enough. Um, do, you, do you do you need some some meth? No, I'm good. You good? No, I'm okay. Good. Well, go, go, find, go find another corner of the CD club. <laughs> All right. Um, just just for any um, any law enforcement officials uh, listening, I I do not actually have or possess access to meth. I can uh, neither confirm nor deny what Jamal has just said. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get myself in trouble one of these days. <laughs> um, no, but today, Jacob, we are talking about meth. We are actually talking about some Buddhist monks and meth. Um, this is an article. Are those two things compatible? Well, no. apparently they well they must be because I've read the article that said a bunch of Buddhist months tested positive for meth. But sorry, continue. Yeah, well, I, so so no, they're not compatible. <laughs> Spoiler but alert! In case you were wondering what this episode was about, there's a, a headline here on Vice: Buddhist temple left without monks after they all test positive for meth. Every single one of them. <laughs> Um, and look, look. I'll, I'll read the first line of the article, um, which probably just summarizes it, like all vice articles, in, in a in a sentence, which is: "A small Buddhist temple's entire abbey of monks was defrocked, dismissed, and sent to rehab this week after every one of them tested positive for methamphetamine, <laughs> including the abbot." So including <laughs> the abbot. I, I suspect the abbot may have been the head honcho <laughs> of this meth ring. Um, so, so Jacob. Um, your Christian thoughts on Buddhist monks <laughs> taking meth. It just, it does not match anything in my stereotypical image of what a Buddhist monk should or ought to be, or a Christian monk, for that matter. I, I Honestly, in my head, I am more, uh, I guess I expect a scandal around Christian monks of some description or other mm. more than I expect a scandal around Buddhist monks like this. The only thing that it kind of gels with is Buddhist monks being all chill. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and this is the thing, right? I A lot of people often, you know, I think I've said before, right, but Buddhism is the cool religion, right? So yeah. a lot of otherwise atheist agnostic, agnostic people kind of have this conception that Buddhism is, yeah, the peaceful religion, the chill religion, that it's actually, like, the one where there isn't all sorts of scandals, you know? Like, uh, the amount of times I've heard people say to me, oh, well, you know, Buddhism's like, you know, there's never been a war fought in Buddhism's name. And it's like, <laughs> yes, there has, many of them. But, um, but yeah, I, I think it has that same, that same mentality when it comes to scandals. You know, everyone knows about the scandals of the Catholic Church. Mm. Not many people know about the scandals of of the Buddhist Sangha, um, and and yet and yet here we are. They, do they, do they happen in Australia? Less so. Um, is, is that just because there's less Buddhist monks, or yeah? I mean, I think the the percentage of Buddhist monks in Australia is very low. They're you know, I you know, I I don't think I could 
but it would be feasible for me to name all of the Buddhist monks in Australia. Okay, yeah. Right, like, you know, I yeah, I, I don't personally know them all, but there would be less than a few hundred. Um, well, and I think part of what is going on here when there are monks who are taking methamphetamines, and, and if you read into the article, trafficking methamphetamines as well, um, is that, you know, this is, this is the typical case of, you know, all power corrupts, right? Mm-hmm. So this happened in Thailand, um, and, you know, Thailand is a Buddhist country. A very large amount of people in Thailand are monastics. It's a, it's a very big organization there. Um, and so, yeah, when you have that many people who are in the monastic community, inevitably some of them will be scoundrels and some of them will do bad things, right? Um, you know, any amount of people with a level of power and authority within a community are going to at some point misuse that. Mm. Mm. Um, but, um, I mean, so the thing this article goes into is, you know, that this isn't just the, the first time that it's happened and there's actually been quite a quite a spate <laughs> in recent years of... Um, of Thai Buddhism being tarnished by high-profile arrests and scandals. Um, Related to corruption, murder, and drug trafficking? Correct. I read here? Yes. So, um, so they're saying um, in March, I think this is March of 2022, uh, Long Pu Tuanchai, a monk who rose to fame in 2020, after claiming to have omniscient powers, was charged with drink driving and drug possession and subsequently disrobed after police found him carrying dozens of methamphetamine pills. Earlier in January, another monk was similarly disrobed after being caught consuming methamphetamine pills and selling them to local youths. So it, it is a real problem um, and one that I think has been, you know, growing in recent years. Um, partially this article says due to the kind of the, uh, you know, the, the issues around the Golden Triangle, which is a very famous drug trafficking area and the coup in Myanmar and, and all those kinds of things. So does this, is, is there... I've I've not looked into Thailand much, but like you know, th- there's been a real crisis of faith, I guess, in the Catholic Church. I mean, here, but like particularly somewhere like the Republic of Ireland, has has had a big like what on earth is going on as they've reacted to the abuse that's happened in the Catholic Church. There is, is there a similar reckoning happening in Thailand, or like or disillusionment? I guess is the word I'm looking for. Um, it's hard to tell. Um, so I haven't perceived it, but also I'm not particularly up to date with sure. how the Thai community is feeling about the Thai Sangha. Um, you know, I, and, and I don't expect you to be, but it, it's it's just it's interesting thinking about the like you were saying, power corrupts mm-hmm. and and the way that the influence has been used or, or misused, and this monk's name, whose name I can't pronounce, that you're going to say for the listeners again now. No, oh, sorry, I, I um, scrolled past it. Luang Putunashi. Luang Pu Tuanchai. Tuanchai. Yeah. Um, like, you know, he, he sounds like a bit of a, a, an influencer type monk, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and, and we've had, you know, those falls from grace in Christianity for in, in a bunch of ways that leaves a lot of people disillusioned. And I just, I, I imagine that a similar thing must, that, that people in Thailand must respond in that way uh, and that maybe there's a, a, a different response between you know people our age so like millennials or gen z or whatever versus older people who are maybe you know have more faith in the institution mm-hmm. as it were but that's also me just projecting what has happened in the west well and i, I don't think that's a bad projection right i 
I do think that the Thai monastic community does have a lot of analogous um, similarities to the Catholic Church. You know, I think the level at which the influence it holds in society, the level of authority it holds in society, uh, but also even to the theology, right? Like, you know, Catholicism talks about the Pope as God's representative and the and the, the hierarchy of the church as, as almost being holy in itself. Mm. And... Buddhism in Buddhism, the Sangha is a is a holy entity. The the community of monks is something you pray to, you know, you pray to the Buddha, the the person, the Dharma, the teaching, and the Sangha, the community of monks, and they're all three kind of equally um, equally venerated. So, mm, so, so, so up- as opposed to like the Protestant tradition where. They went, actually, the Bible kind of mm. sits above these. Yeah, yeah and, and it's probably in order. Probably Buddha Dharma Sangha is in order. Sure. But it's it's all done. But there's in orders breath. and orders, yeah. right? Like, you know, yeah. Can you have the Dharma without the Sangha? Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I imagine there would be a crisis of faith. Um, certainly, if I, uh, if, if I was personally really invested in the Thai Sangha, I would be asking a lot of questions here as well, right? Because I think, you know, um, you know, we joked about this at the start, but no, methamphetamine use and distribution is not in line with the Buddhist practice. If anything, there is a specific um, there's there's a specific uh, precept that says don't take drugs or alcohol. You know, mm. like I even more so than you know the abuses of the Catholic Church, right? I think you know I, I don't think any you know legitimate Catholic would say that abusing uh, young followers of the church is in line with the Catholic teachings, but also there isn't a specific commandment that says, you know, don't abuse young children. Uh, there is a specific commandment in Buddhism <laughs> that says don't use drugs and alcohol, and I'm, I'm not saying that they are equivalent harms or anything yep. like that, but I think it's it's almost more not in line with the teachings because, you know, it, it's, there's no grey area as to what the Buddha thought about that. It's very, very clear. You can't make a justification. Well, when the Buddha said don't use drugs and alcohol, what he really mean, meant was don't use these drugs, but meth is fine. So th- there's a question here of like how, how do you deal with crises of faith, right? Mm. Like, and, and you're very clearly dealing with this one by not being a Thai Buddhist attached to the Sangha. Yeah. Nice and easy, right? I'm not either, so it's, you know, what yeah. crisis? Um, but... In, in in cases like that where in this instance there's a clear teaching that the the monks are clearly and demonstrably not participating in mm. does does that to what extent does that call into question the monks or the teaching or the yeah be, because if again if to use the the analogy of and I, I wouldn't say just Catholicism but Christianity because um, Certainly, child abuse hasn't just been a Catholic Church thing. Mm. To, to take that example, and there there does seem to me to be this connection between people in positions of power and influence within the church, but also a kind of, I guess, a presumed holiness or piety to them, behaving in a way that yes, okay, there's no verse that says don't abuse kids, but it's really, really not hard to get there from the teachings of Jesus and the New Testament, right? Like, um, the 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 fact that those senior figures have been clearly not living in line with the ethic that comes out of their faith has also then, for a lot of people, I think, called into faith, called into faith, called into question the value of the ethics of the faith like 
full stop. It, maybe in a way of like, well, they're not practicing what they preach, so should I even listen to what they preach? Or or maybe there is something deeper there that, that reflects on the teaching itself. Yeah, and I think this may be where Buddhism, Buddhism's kind of diffusion of authority to the Sangha actually ends up helping that crisis of faith because when you diffuse authority to the monastics, you diffuse it to all of the monastics. You know, and by diffuse authority, can you just so s- step through for the listener? Yeah. I, I understand what you're saying, but for sure. the listener. <laughs> uh, okay, so I mean, in the, in the Catholic Church, yes, the Pope is holy and the Cardinals are holy and that whole structure is, is really an important thing. But it really... God is the number one holy, the holy the uh, only entity, holy. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the Bible is that very direct expression of that, and then the Pope is like up there as well as an individual, right? Um, in Buddhism, there there are monks who are more enlightened and who are seen mm-hmm. to have a greater uh, connection with the Dharma, but because. The, the if you take all of the kind of implied holiness of the structures of the Catholic Church in Buddhism they don't they don't put it in that hierarchy they they go all of the sangha is holy so mm-hmm. every monastic is holy mm-hmm. um, now there are hierarchies there and there are obviously political and cultural things that happen and again particularly in Thailand there is a really clear hierarchy of all this monk is you know the head monk of Thailand and blah blah, blah. but it's not seen in the same way that like every single Thai Buddhist will just listen to the word of the head monk of Thailand because they are, they're the head monk and what they say is true. It's that that person is seen to have the best, uh, you know, uh, again, if you, if, you, if you take the political structures to be inherently true, sure. th- that person has the best understanding of the Dharma, but it's not that their word is right because, you know, God's tapped them on the shoulder and said everything you say is right. You right. know, so when you diffuse the authority amongst all of the monks around, what you get is if you have a bad apple, you can throw away the bad apple and it doesn't affect the authority of the others. Right, I see. Because yes. it, it's, yep. it's not that the Dharma is talking through the monks, it's that the monks have an understanding of the Dharma. So when a monk behaves badly, when a monk does something wrong... Um, you know, it's very easy to go, well, that monk just didn't understand the Dharma properly. Mm-hmm. And it's their fault. And you can kind of place that blame and you that crisis kind of on the individual it. and cut yep. it out. And you, But that doesn't impact the rest of the monks who you still can have faith in. Okay, yeah. Mm. You might call into question faith in the selection process. Is there a selection process for monking? I, like I, I mean, there is. We just had, we had a conversation with the monk last episode. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, th- yeah, there is a selection process. Um, it's... It is less stringent in countries like Thailand than it is <laughs> in other countries in the world. In Australia, it's harder to become a monk. Um, but again, I think that is mostly due to availability, right? So, you know, you have to have an available monastery that will take you, that will train you, that has space for you and that kind of thing. And in Australia, there are seven of them. And in mm-hmm. Thailand, there are 700,000 of them. Well, and, and there was a time in kind of medieval Europe where noble families would send what the third or the fifth son off to become a priest or whatever mm. and that was just that and I don't, I don't think there was any expectation that they might not become a priest right yeah, exactly yeah. right yeah so yes i mean in thailand you can anyone can become a monk really if you go and you say you want to do it and you promise to follow the rules they'll make you a monk mm-hmm. it'll happen um and yeah so it's like you know you can get people that maybe have addiction issues or that maybe have connections in criminal worlds and 
are wanting to, you know, use that position of authority for surreptitious means or whatever else, right? Like that, that, that there isn't probably what this is saying is there's not enough of a selection process <laughs> to work out who could become monks. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I don't have a witty follow-up question. No. Well, so, I wish I did. <laughs> well, no. So I but actually though, speaking of monks, um, there was a monk, which, um, which was found in a bar that this Buddhist and Christian walked into at yeah, one okay. point. Um, and, um, and yeah, the monk was like sitting there with like, you big swollen gums, like huge, like you know, okay. like clearly something. For the listeners' benefit, Jamal is like holding up his hands in a thing about the size of his head next to his head. That's how swollen <laughs> yeah, these gums the, are. The gums are huge, swollen. Um, and it was a Buddhist monk, and you know, and they walked up to the Buddhist monk and went, "Yeah, what's what's going on here?" <laughs> and the Buddhist monk was said, "Oh yeah, I just went to see the dentist." And I was like, "Okay," and like, you know looks pretty bad like everything all right and the monk's like no no it's totally fine i I just didn't take any of the any of the drugs that were offered i didn't take any Mm -hmm. of the medications that they want they wanted to give me to bring down the swelling or anything and they're like why didn't you take any of the medication it must hurt and he's like oh no no i i wanted some some transdental medication Mm. Mm. yeah 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 so like how do you I don't know. How, how do you resist? No, I got I got nothing. You got nothing. I got nothing. Like, <laughs> like it's a, it's a, so, sorry. So, so I was I was I was attempting to segue somewhere, but I, I don't so, have the segue so, lined up. So what about? I'm going to cut this little bit. <laughs> nah, keep it. No, 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 it's going. One tech podcast. <laughs> um, so Jacob, like, what about this? Is kind of like I I feel like you, your reaction is very much like, oh yeah. And like, 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 there's, there's a level at which you, you know, you know, I, I get the whole like, oh, this, this surprises me. But like, there's, there's part of this that isn't surprising to you. Like, like absolutely, what's, yeah, yeah. What's that? Like, people are people, right? Like, I think there's, there's two aspects of it. One is that I've hung around with you long enough and had conversations in and out of podcasts to get the idea implanted in my head. Possibly if I run into another Buddhist, I'll get into lots of trouble for this. But the Buddhism doesn't care whether or not you get enlightened, mm. right? So if these monks want to take meth, that's like... And in fact, it's what you were just saying about the diffused authority, right? Like they're, they're calling into question their own enlightenment and judgment and whatever else. Mm. But they it, that doesn't seem... That based purely on, on your account and the lack of a big you know, deconstruction movement in Thailand, it, it doesn't seem to affect kind of the, the authority and the validity of the Dharma and the teaching. So there's, there's that on, on the Buddhist hand, so far as I understand, I guess. But, but like on the, on the Christian perspective, it's just not surprising that people do dumb stuff. Like that, that's essentially what sin is. Mm. Um, and and I don't expect your average Buddhist monk to be any more kind of any any better at that than your average human being. Like they they might you know some who are who are closer to enlightenment if you if you want to go down that road maybe have kind of like better coping mechanisms for for sin and mm. which essentially it seems to me in Buddhist understanding, sin is attachment. Like that, they seem somewhat analogous, not completely analogous, but but somewhat. Um, so that there might be some Buddhist monks that have have kind of worked out how to deal with that better. 
but they that's just them working out how to deal with it and it, and it doesn't it doesn't mean that you shouldn't expect that other monks have fallen into stupid behavior in in the same way as like uh, i i don't expect christian monks or christian clergy or whoever to like I'm I'm not surprised when they're a, a less holy, like, or, or not less holy, like, like just as unholy as everyone else, right? Um, especially when you add the dynamic of um, power uh, and the corruption that comes with that that you mentioned at the top of the episode, um, bec- because it's that's just humans being human, um, and I think for for Christian clergy and Christian leaders there is a, a higher standard that is called to, and so therefore there, there are or there ought to be bigger consequences, like kind of within the church, right? Like, but forgiveness is still a thing and grace is still a thing. Mm. Um, so like, yep, Buddhist, Buddhist monks took meth, like so do office workers. Like, mm. So... so- is part of your lack of surprise because you see that Buddhism doesn't have that higher calling to God? Well, but see, like this is the thing: is is I'm I'm not surprised when it happens to Christian leaders. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm disappointed. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I so I, I I'm going to take a side point here, but um, you talked about consequences and like you know we we're talking about kind of. Yeah, this idea that, you know, it, they're only kind of harming themselves by doing it. Mm-hmm. You know. So one thing I find really interesting in this article is that, you know, they, they talk to a local official and the local official's main kind of concern about this is that the local worshippers wouldn't be able to do any merit-making because they have no more monks left. <laughs> yeah. And, like, that's a really interesting take, right? Because the locals are not saying, oh, we're really concerned that our monks were, were scoundrels who were taking drugs. They're saying, oh, no, but how can I get my good karma? Yeah. Right. And like on the surface that can sound selfish, but I actually think it almost speaks to the kind of the, that dissemination, right? That this idea that mm. it's like, it's really important for lo- for the local worshippers to be able to develop, you know, uh, merit making by the way is donating food to the monks. It's referred to as dana. You donate food to the monks and it's uh, yeah, it's a good deed and it's a way for you to, to build up good karma and to kind of yeah support your own practice as well as supporting the monks. And, I find it super interesting that, you know, yeah, that like there seems to be an acceptance by that local community to say, say, you know what, like, you know, what's important here is that we can continue our practice. uh, And Is it almost that we don't care if the monks are taking meth? We just need some monks? (laughs) I mean, it could be. Who knows? They don't go into more detail than that, right? I'm sure they do care that the monks are taking meth. But I think it goes to your point that like that, you know, Buddhism has this kind of this centeredness on your own response, your, your, your own spirituality is your own responsibility, mm-hmm. right? So if a monk is going to take meth, part of what they're doing that's a problem is ruining their own chances of enlightenment and all these kinds of things and breaking the law and probably going to jail. But also part of it is that actually they're taking away from the community their opportunity they're to kind do of good harming deeds. others mm. um e- even though like even if you take their view that drug use isn't inherently harming others mm. they, they kind of are by yeah. virtue of their station yeah, yeah and it's like the 
I don't know, like the, the the taking away of that from the from the villagers, like it's. It, I think to me, it speaks to the structural role that Buddhists. Mm-hmm. Buddhism tries to instill, which is, you know, yes, there are structures to support your practice, but it's still your responsibility to support your practice. I feel like if this was a Catholic situation, that the the Catholic parishioners wouldn't be concerned that there's no one to lead mass. They'd be concerned that the person they thought was really holy and the head of their church was actually uh, taking drugs. I don't drugs. know. I, I, I reckon that there would be a, a bit of both. Mm. So, like, I... I not a Catholic, can't really speak for Catholicism, but the, the Lutheran Church, which I, I do know, when a congregation doesn't have a pastor for kind of whatever period of time, there, there are different views on this, but the predominant view is that the pastor is the one that should be doing communion and baptism mm. and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, and so when there's not one for a while, that doesn't happen and people really miss it. Now, like obviously if they're pastor had gone because of some kind of scandal there's all other stuff to work through as well because as i understand it uh, a pastor or a priest um plays i guess a more embedded role as a leader of a faith community than a monk would in a thai village where they're kind of they're there but they're not leading the community per se Uh, so there is that stuff to work through but just to say that that role in the community is is missed. Now, I think there's theological issues with tying all of that stuff up with a particular mm-hmm. person, um, but yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I think yes and no is kind of my response to your, your point. And I think and and yeah, I think maybe your vision of Thai Buddhism is maybe too coloured by my experience <laughs> of kind of Thai forest monasticism because. Outside of the Thai forest tradition, the the Thai monasteries actually play a much larger role in community, right? Like they they form the local community structures of support in a country that often doesn't have government structures of support. So, you know, monasteries double as schools, orphanages, healthcare centres, aged care homes, all of these things that we in the West kind of expect from the state. So is it problematic then... That is, is the problem just that you don't have the monks to do the monk things, or is there also an issue of well, the monks were all on meth, so maybe they weren't doing the things well, and that, the the harm that, that I, I appreciate that we're completely speculating because the article doesn't tell us. But. Well, yeah, and it's difficult to tell whether you know it's not that all monasteries do that, right? So it's hard to tell whether sure. the monks in this monastery were also caring for orphans or whether they were just hanging around <laughs> being monks, right? And there's probably a big difference depending on which which answer that is. Yeah. Well, if we assume that they were, you know, looking after orphans and doing doing other kind of social services, like, that, yeah, yeah that, I, I imagine that has more knock-on effects. It probably does, yeah. I, I, I'm interested to hear your opinion about the kind of the thing that I alluded to at the start, which is this kind of common conception that, this doesn't happen in Buddhism. Like, mm. is is that an attitude that you perceive as a non-Buddhist? Is 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 this in the world? Well, that's an attitude that I, as a non-Buddhist, kind of often carry in the world, despite my lack of surprise yeah, a yeah. moment ago. Right? Like, like I, I feel like there is this just perception in in Western culture that of of a a purity in Buddhism and Buddhist practice. Um, and and maybe that's because of the distance, you know, both culturally and, and often geographically, between most Westerners and most 
Buddhists. Uh, and as far as I understand it, the kind of the Buddhism that's come across and dominated the, the Western discourse, if not Western practice, has been a somewhat bastardized version that was brought across by 19th century post-colonialists who were like, oh, look at this kind of pure what religion should be. You can go back and listen to our episodes on religion on that. But um, yeah, so, so I, I, I do feel like that's a, a popular conception. Mm, yeah. And so what is it about Buddhism that you think gives that conception? I think it's partly the non-hierarchical nature of it. Um, it's it's possibly also the the fact that there are the the Dharma and I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but like the, the five precepts. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and that a kind of an, an aesthetic lifestyle, if you like, but an aesthetic lifestyle that is not Christian. Because that exists in all sorts of different branches of Christian practice. But I suspect that, that most of us, even myself included to an extent, um, have a certain level of disillusionment to that because of all of the things that we've been talking about, right? Like we've we, we, you know, seen behind the curtain, as it were, a, a little too much. And I, I don't think we've seen behind the curtain of Buddhism in the same way, in, in a similar way to we, we might come to um, this is, is what you were saying before about like no wars have been fought in the name of Buddhism. That Buddhism is a religion of peace, uh, and we might come in a future episode to to talk about violence within Buddhism. Right? Like I, I find it terribly interesting and and obviously terribly terrible that Buddhist monks in Myanmar. Uh, seem to be responsible for massive abuses of human rights and violence and everything else, and like because that just does not match in my head the peacefulness of a Buddhist monk, and even the the peacefulness of protest, right? Like lighting yourself on fire as a form of protest, mm-hmm. and and the, the, like nonviolence in my mind is associated with Buddhism, which means that there's this big jar that happens when. Burmese Buddhist monks are doing horrible things. Yeah, I, I, I think what you said around seeing behind the curtain is really is really interesting, right? Because I think I I would hazard a guess that in the fifteenth century, people the attitude that a lot of people have now towards Buddhism is oh well, it's obviously just full of great people doing great things and no, you know no one's doing anything bad might have happened. Might have been the attitude to Christianity. I think well, pe- people would have thought that about Christianity. As you were describing the the Thai village mm. situation with the monks and and on oh no, a how how are we going to do our merit making? Is that the yeah. word? Like how are we going to do that now? Th- that doesn't sound a million miles away to how a 14th century, 15th century European would have related to their local monastery, yeah. right? Like be because there there was this thing within. Catholicism at the time, maybe to an extent still, but like this was part of what the Reformation was kind of fought over, was this idea that you that you're almost outsourcing the holiness of the community to the local monastery, and by supporting the local monastery, you're supporting local holiness because they're kind of doing the holiness things so that you don't have to. So it, it sounds not a million miles away from from what you're describing of. Well, how am I, as a Buddhist layperson, going to get my merit now if I can't support the local monks who are, mm. you know, 
doing the enlightenment thing. Yeah, and you know, I, th- I think timescales are interesting, right? Because Buddhism has been around for longer than Christianity, so there, mm. there is a question of, you know, sure, uh, from the Western perspective, we we ha- haven't seen behind the curtain too much because our interaction with Buddhism has been somewhat limited. But you would uh, you would think that in Thailand, in India, in you know Tibet, that they would have been able to see behind the curtain pretty pretty well over that period of time, right? Because it's been around for as long as Christianity well, has. I, I wonder if the diffused authority actually has something to do with that, mm. that, that, that it's easier to carve off the, the bad parts and go, well, well, they were just bad Buddhists without calling into question the entire teaching. Because like what happened in the, the Reformation, which is like I'm, I'm talking about the Reformation because I know a little bit more about that period, right? But, mm. but it's not an isolated moment within Christianity because this seems to happen repeatedly that you get Christians behaving badly and colonizing and like the idea that monks are holier than everyone else is a thoroughly unbiblical idea which is why protestantism threw away because they went back to the bible and oh we don't find this here so we're not going to do it right but there's these moments of christian christians and christian leaders and the church however defined behaving badly and but that's called back into question by the standard of faith and the the person of christ and what it actually means to be christian so i i feel like christianity has an inbuilt self-critique of non-christian practices to put it that way Mm -hmm. that don't just cast that off as a a few bad apples but go well how did the teaching manage to get deformed in such a way as it justified these actions um, which maybe means that the looking behind the curtain kind of maybe Christianity lends itself more to looking behind the curtain. I, I don't know. Yeah, well, and something I was just looking up as you were talking. I I think what I find interesting too, though, is that in the version of Buddhism that doesn't diffuse authority, which is mm-hmm. Tibetan Buddhism, right? Okay. In, in oh, the, the Dalai Lama the Dalai is Lama kind of the pope. Is the pope, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like. There are still scandals, right? I was looking up, um, you know, there's a, I, I couldn't remember his name, but um, Sogyal Laka or Sogyal Rinpoche was the best known Tibetan Buddhist teacher after the Dalai Lama, and he was accused of widespread physical and sexual abuse. Okay. Like, yeah. it, it was, a, you know, pretty, pretty big accusations, you know, followed him his whole life. So there were still figures that, that were accused of that, um, but not in the same way as the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Right and not and yet that that that's a version of Buddhism that doesn't have diffused authority where authority is truncated in that hierarchy right so there's there's something else going on there and I, I don't know what that is that that actually I, I wouldn't say it necessarily means you're less likely to commit uh, you know heinous acts of of depravity but also like there's something in there that is different and does you know lend itself to i don't know a, a it lends itself to i guess not being as institutional maybe i'm not sure yeah it, it could be that and, and definitely one of the issues again just taking child sexual abuse in the western church like has been the defense of the institution mm. right um and, and that's been a big motivating factor in cover-ups and moving priests around and, and not not defrocking people that ought to have been defrocked and all the rest of it um but 
I don't know, you, you get hierarchy everywhere as well. Like, and I, I don't know, I, I, I wonder if there's also something about the particular historical moment in which that all occurred or, um, yeah. I, I, f- I feel like we're in danger of opening a big can of worms. No, the, us never. No, no, of course not. At, at, as I see the, the episode ticking up to the, the, to time and I'm just, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how to go there. Mm. I mean, even in a full episode, I'm not sure how to go there. Well, to be and, and, and maybe this is something we come back to, right? So, yeah, and, yeah I, I think there is a really interesting question here to talk about structures and hierarchy and how that impacts on behaviour and whatever else. And, and maybe this is just our first, um, yeah, our first uh, in a series of episodes of monks behaving <laughs> badly. Uh, <laughs> if, if you want to hear more about monks behaving badly, yeah. write to us, christianbuddhafire well, at gmail.com. I, 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 do, I do think <laughs> there is an interesting theme we, we should look into exploring, right? Which is, you know, yeah, religion, all religions, Christianity included, mm. preaches good behavior. It's a really, ethics is a fundamental part of religion. And so why is it that people who are religious still... Some of the most religious people behave in the most unethical ways, right? And mm. I think you know, um, you know, I think going back to the, the the monks and drugs in the temple in Thailand, you know, I do feel like it's something that you know is it bad? Absolutely. Should they have not done this? Absolutely. Is it going to harm the community? Absolutely. But also, like, I don't know. I, I I feel like the article would have made it clear had there been bigger ramifications than these monks all went to jail and, you know, they they were kind of, you know, being scoundrels and, you know, look at, look at how bad that is, you know. Mm. Like, if they were running a, a drug manufacturing and distribution ring, I, I feel like the article would have said that. And so part of, part of that to me goes, this was a stupid thing for them to do, but I also, I don't know, like you asked about a crisis of faith. I don't have a crisis of faith because, it, you know, it doesn't, mm. it doesn't feel like a, as big of a deal that is that is calling into question the teachings. It just calls into question the these monks that <laughs> decided that this was a good idea. Yeah, and on the monks behaving badly thing, like there possibly is just a a perception that we have that that we notice something like because people in Thailand, I'm sure, as here, take meth all the time. Mm. It, it's it's just that maybe we have a, a different um, different perspective on people who have devoted. Are devoting themselves as, as you say, to you know, good ethical practice and good ethical teachings. Um, yeah, does that does that impact on what we see as good ethics? I, I feel like there's a good Protestant point to be made there about well, maybe the best ethics that we have don't actually do enough for you know human beings as we find them in real life existence. You know who does have the best ethics though? Who? Kevin MacLeod. Kevin MacLeod Kevin does MacLeod has the best excellent ethics. ethics of putting royalty free music here and available for everybody. And there it is. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening, Jacob. Um, I feel like that was a, a very rambly meandering episode, but, but I always love talking about stuff with you. I, I like monks, meth, Kevin MacLeod, 
What more do you want? You can email us with your thoughts, reflections, feedback, criticisms, christianbuddhistbar at gmail.com. And tell a friend. Yeah, please, please do tell a friend. Please uh, pass the podcast on and we'll see you next week.